0: Hey horror fans, it's Brian here and you're listening to another episode of Talking Horror on Screen. If you're a fan of horror on the big or small screen, you've come to the right place. Every episode, which I try to get out on a weekly basis, sometimes a little more, um, we will cover a few new stories I find throughout the web in the world of horror. And then I try to end the episode with a review of a movie I just watched recently. Sometimes it's new, sometimes it's a movie that's really, really old, but Unless it's the first time I've ever seen it. So um, a movie could be 30 years old, but if you've just seen it for the first time, it's new again, right? That doesn't make any sense, but you got my point. Anyway, if that's your thing, stick around. We'll have a little bit of a show coming for you. I do record this on the Anchor app, so if you have that app um, handy, you can leave me a message, and I will play that in a future episode if you'd like, or if you want to make a recommendation of a movie for me to watch, feel free to do that. Uh, otherwise, you can catch this anywhere else you catch your podcast, iTunes, whatever. All right, uh, let's get started with today's show. All right, this first news story is a bit of good news for you Lucifer fans out there. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I talked about how Fox had canceled the show after three seasons. My mother is a big, big fan. I talked about that as well. She was heartbroken. A lot of people out there in the community of Lucifer were heartbroken. But I also said on that same show, if I remember correctly, that we live in a day and age where another service, like a Netflix or Hulu or, you know, a sci-fi channel, somebody could pick these things up. And just because a show is canceled doesn't always mean the end. And it turns out. Netflix has decided to pick up Lucifer for season four. The show has been renewed. So all you um, devil worshippers out there, (laughs) enjoy another season of Lucifer. Now, in case you don't know the premise of Lucifer, he's kind of an anti-hero kind of thing. Uh, The basic premise is that he gets bored of reigning in hell, (laughs) decides to come to Los Angeles. He kind of falls, I don't know, from what I understood, he kind of falls for a cop, or he's just basically interested in her because she can resist his powers, Um, I saw a few episodes of it. I thought it was actually pretty, pretty good. Uh, Why I didn't go forward, I don't know. Maybe because there's a million other things I'm trying to catch up on. But um, it's a solid show and it's something I would actually like to catch up on down the road. So, um, yeah, good news. Lucifer's been saved. Let's move on. Some American horror story news for you folks out there. You guys remember that show, right? It's still going. They're about to um, go into season eight. Now, to be honest, I'm a fan of the show, but I haven't watched the last few seasons. Uh, Last season I did watch was my Roanoke Nightmare, um, which might have been two or three years ago. I'm not exactly sure at this point, but I really enjoyed the show. It's just kind of fell off a bit, and every season is its own self-contained thing, so that's pretty cool. You usually don't need to watch prior seasons to, you know, know what's going on. However, this season, that might change just a little bit because they're saying uh coven and murder house crossover season is gonna happen this year so uh murder house was season one and coven was season three if i remember correctly featuring the witches um they're gonna have kind of a crossover this season now that was planned for later down the road but it turns out it's happening this year so uh season eight is going to be titled radioactive and it's set in the future um, these are the quotes. You will see so many fan favorites return, you'll feel like it's the love boat. It's a very high concept. It's a season unlike anything we've done, because there's a big hook to it. There's a huge thing that happens in episode five. Uh, Evan Peters, Sarah Paulson, Kathy Bates, Billy Lord, Joan Collins, Billy Eicher, Cheyenne uh, Jackson, Adina Porter, and Leslie Grossman are set to star in season eight. Um and that's the cool thing about this show too is a lot of the actors keep returning, you know, season to season, but they play different roles. So it can be a little confusing, but at the same time it's pretty cool. Um and I wonder how they're gonna do a Murder House Coven crossover because like Evan Peters was in both of those. Um so was the girl, which played the daughter in one and she played a witch in the other. I don't know, it'll be kind of interesting, and I can't wait to check it out. I think I'm gonna try and catch up on the seasons I've missed so far. All right, let's move on. Alright, so this next, uh, new story focuses on a movie that's being remade. It's called The Witches. Now, I watched this one as a kid when it came out in 1990. And, um, I haven't seen it in many, 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 many years, but I do remember it. It was a very interesting movie. I watched it a few times when it was on cable, whatever. And it's a horror comedy, definitely aimed to children. It's not, you know, it's not overly scary or anything like that, but the premise was pretty interesting. Uh, a bunch of witches get together at a convention in a hotel to plan how to take over the world and basically turn all the kids into mice. And some kid rit- witnesses this, they turn him into a mouse to you know, test it out. So he and his grandmother end up trying to like, you know, thwart their plot in this hotel. Anyway, that movie's getting a remake, so that's the bit of news that I wanted to share. Uh, originally director Guillermo del Toro was attached to be directing this, but now he's on in a productive, uh, production role. Um, let's see they did get a director though um, they got Robert Zemeckis who um, according to this article he is responsible for helming movies such as Castaway, What Lies Beneath, Death Becomes Her, Forrest Gump, The Back to the Future Trilogy, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit he also did episodes of Tales from the Crypt so this guy's got some pedigree behind him um, you know it's interesting I'd like to see them do this movie again I maybe make it a little darker Um, Knowing that Guillermo del is behind the scenes, I'm sure it'll be a beautiful movie. He, of course, has done movies like Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, um, you know, and all his movies are just beautiful, beautiful things to look at. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see where this takes us. And if it's, again, if it's a kiddie um, horror movie, I'm fine with that as well. We need more of those. Uh, This movie coming out with Jack Black looks really good at the end of the year. And that looks like it's aimed towards kids. Um, that's the thing with the, what, the clock ticking in the walls, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, I just wanted to share that news. All right, let's move on. All right, I'm going to end this new segment with, uh, one last thing. We're going to go over some quick titles that are coming to Netflix in July featuring horror. And this is courtesy of BloodyDisgusting.com. They put out this list along with a couple of a description for each movie, a short description, So um, I think that's pretty cool, and we'll go over that real quick. And they also give the dates. So uh, July 1st, we have interview with the vampire, and this is the description. A vampire tells his epic life story, love, betrayal, loneliness, and hunger. Um, And I remember this movie. I haven't seen this one in a long time either, but I remember liking it when I was, I think it came out when I was in high school. Uh, Of course this featured Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, they were together. Both of them were vampires, and then they, um there was a little girl in it. I'm trying to figure it was a little girl. Was that Kirsten Dunst? It might have been. I'm not even sure at this point. But nonetheless, you know, it is a very interesting story about vampires who live forever, and pretty much, and, you know, what they go through, and, you know, trying to keep their humanity, and, and lots of other stuff. All right, let's move on. Uh, also, July 1st, we have Jurassic Park, The Lost World Jurassic Park, and Jurassic Park 3. Not too bad I hadn't known this because um, this kind of ties in with the movie I was going to talk about this week. I bought Jurassic Park just about a week or two weeks ago in honor of the 25th anniversary since its release. And I watched it. Um, and we'll talk about that in my review. But damn, if I knew it was going to be on Netflix, I probably wouldn't have spent the 13 or $15, whatever it cost me. Because I bought the HD version. But whatever. It is what it is. It's still worth owning. So I don't care. <laughs> All right. So we have the Jurassic Park series. Okay, then we have a movie called Pandorum. This one I don't know, but I'll read you the description. A pair of crew members aboard a spaceship wake up with no knowledge of their mission or their identities. Okay, sounds like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Cool. Uh, Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Okay, they're putting Scooby-Doo in the horror section. Okay, that's fine. The voices. A likable guy pursues his office crush with the help of his evil talking pets, but things turn sinister when he stands well when she stands him up for a date. Okay, not interested. Uh, Van Helsing, I think I'm the only one who liked this movie. The notorious monster hunter is sent to Transylvania to stop Count Dracula, who is using Dr. Frankenstein's research and a werewolf for some sinister purpose. All right, I liked Van Helsing, and that was with um, Hugh Jackman, plays the title character. Um, I thought it was just so cool to see all these universal monsters and the atmosphere and whatnot. Granted, Dracula was a bit of a crybaby, you know? You know, I don't have a heart eh? I don't know, something like that. I can't love... It. it was a little over the top, but nonetheless, I don't think this movie deserves all the crap it got. I actually kind of liked it. And I may watch it. Alright, July 7th, Scream 4. Ten years have passed, and Sidney Prescott, who has put herself back together... Thanks in part to her writing, is visited by the Ghostface Killer. If I'm gonna be honest with you, I only score Scream One, and that was when it first came out. Um, never followed up with the series. I didn't really care for it, but I know it's one of the all-time favorite, loved, um, you know, horror series out there. I will try to revisit it at some point, but um, you know, after the first movie, I had no urge to go back to it. All right, July thirteenth. How It Ends, and it says it's a Netflix film, so I guess this is like an original, or at least it's produced by Netflix, or whatever. Uh, As a mysterious apocalypse caused the spread of misinformation and violence, a man and his estranged father-in-law race across a chaotic and fractured country to save his pregnant wife. July 20th, we have Dark Tourist, Netflix original. From a nuclear lake to a haunted forest, journalist David Faria visits unusual and often macabre tourism spots around the world. Alright, so I guess this, maybe this is a documentary kind of show, dealing with horror-like stuff. Cool, I'm in. And finally on the list, July 27th is Extinction, and this is listed as a Netflix film. Plagued by dreams of an alien invasion, a family man faces his worst nightmare when an extraterrestrial force begins exterminating Earth's inhabitants. Alright, we can always deal with more alien invasion movies, right? Sure, why not? Alright, so that's it for the new segment. Let's get on with what the B-Man, Brian himself, has watched this week and what I recommended. I kind of gave it away when I was going over the movies this week, but who cares? Stick around. It's fun anyway. Alright folks, like I mentioned in my upcoming movies uh, section, uh, the movie I'm going to talk about is a movie that's coming to Netflix in a couple of weeks, and I just watched it recently. I bought it off of Amazon, I bought the HD version in honor of the 25 years since its initial release, Jurassic Park. And I know it's like, no duh, we know Jurassic Park's a good movie, fine, whatever, you want to talk about it, review it, so be it. But you know what? I feel it's worth a mention, you know, it's been 25 years, I myself have not watched it, Probably five to ten years. It's been a long time since the last time I've seen it. Um, I did go see this movie when it first came out in the movies. I was a young lad in high school. Let's see, it came out in 1993, I think. Yeah, so where was I? I probably would have been like 10th grade, maybe 9th grade. Regardless, I remember going to see it with my father. My mother and sister went with us to the movie theater, but they went to go see Dennis the Menace because my sister was afraid of the dinosaurs. She's a few years younger than me. Uh, more than a few, about 8-9 years younger than me so it's understandable uh, so anyway, let's uh, go off the description off of Google and um, we'll go from there In Steven Spielberg's massive blockbuster, paleontologists Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler and mathematician Ian Malcolm oh God, are among a select group chosen to tour an island theme park populated by dinosaurs created from prehistoric DNA While the park's mastermind billionaire John Hammond assures everyone that the facility is safe, they find out otherwise when various ferocious predators break free and go on the hunt. So, um, yeah, I mean, the first thing to get out of the way is, does this movie hold up after 25 years? I mean, creature effects and all. And you know what? With the exception of some scenes, yes, it actually does hold up pretty well. Um, this was one of the first movies where they had started doing CG effects, you know, really, really well. Um, but they still had practical effects. This was like a combination. Like, they actually built part of the Tyrannosaurus Rex and stuff. A lot of that was animatronics. And um, that's creepy as hell. That whole scene with the Tyrannosaurus Rex when he first gets free and they're in the Jeep and whatnot. Oh my god, what a beautiful, beautiful done scene. And um, I forgot how good that scene really was. And the cast, I mean, they pull it off. Everybody in this movie does such a great job. Um, Jeff Goldblum plays Ian Malcolm. He's like the smart-ass mathematician, whatever he is. Um, He's kind of like hitting on um, Ellie Sattler's character, played by um, Laura Dern. And you don't take him too seriously, but he's actually a pretty clever guy. Um, Laura Dern, she's a very um, strong woman um, paleontologist. She can definitely hold her own um, and then we have Sam Neill, played by um, he plays Alan Grant, and he's kind of like this, you know, cowboy-looking kind of character. Looks like Indiana Jones a bit. Um, I think I heard rumors that there was a time when they actually wanted Harrison Ford to have the part, but um, kind of glad they got the cast they did. It worked out well. And in the beginning, he's not into kids at all. You know, like him and and Ellie are kind of like a couple, and you can tell she wants kids, um, but he it's not really his thing. But then, throughout the movie, when he meets up with uh, John Hammond's grandkids and he has to protect them, Lex and Tim Murphy, um, it starts to grow on him, and you can see he does. He is a, definitely a, he would make a good father, and he's very protective of them. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a great cast. The music is great. Um, such a great, great music. I think it's the same guy who did um, Superman and Star Wars. That's John Williams, I think, is the one who composed this, and you can hear that music. I would hear it playing on, you know. Whatever. Um, I used to have the movie, movie music station. I think it was on XM or something. And you just hear that opening. <whistles> <whistles> uh, of course, I'm probably butchering it. And i go like, oh, it's Jurassic Park. And my brother's like, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Nonetheless, um, what a great, great score. Um, the first time they see those dinosaurs in the distance, the brontosaurus whatever they are, and it's got this build up, and it's beautiful, beautiful movie. Now, there's some scenes where like the dinosaurs, they look like they're on a screen in the background and the characters aren't in the same room. Yeah, there's some scenes like that, but it's not it's far and few between. Um, I don't know. There's nothing else to add to this movie. Like I said, it's it's an old movie. I'm sure everybody at this point has seen Jurassic Park or knows what it is. But I felt, you know, in honor of its 25 years, it deserved the attention that it got. And I did re-watch it. I haven't watched it in a long time, so it's kind of a fresh take, you know, fresh eyes. I mean, I knew I liked it in the past, but does 40-year-old Brian like it? Yeah, he does. No duh. And I'm excited to see the new one, Fallen Kingdom. I heard Fallen Kingdom. I liked Jurassic World on the first one. I thought it was a fun movie, but it became, you know, a little bit more adventure, less scares. This first one was definitely more horror-like, and I heard that the new one, Fallen Kingdom, is definitely more of a horror movie. So, I'm excited. Alright, so, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Um, Thanks for joining me, and uh, until next time. Later.